home of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Two of the Rich Keep Show here on WEEI. Take it up till 9 o'clock on this Friday night. You can join us at 617-779-7937. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keep Show. And you can also watch the show on Twitch. Just follow WEEI. We'll get to the uh, Clarissa Thompson sideline gate coming up. People are fired up about this story. Also, I have a hard time saying Clarissa because it's spelled Charissa. So you look at it, and it just, like, melts my brain. Yeah, that's a weird one. Th- like, you say the L. There is no L in it. Clarissa, right? Isn't that how you say it? I believe so. How do you say it? <laughs> Ryan, you're shaking your head. You don't say Clarissa? No, you do. What do you say? How do you say it? How do you say your name? Carissa. Oh, Carissa. Carissa. See, that's my fault. I always put an L in there. You shouldn't do See, that. See, if it was just you and me, we'd be like, yeah, why don't you put that L? Yeah, but there's a silent L. I'm out of here. I'm going to go listen to the Rich Cleef show. Yeah. Sometimes you add an L in there. That'd be good. All right, so I've been saying her name wrong the whole time. I think, I, I think I'm still stuck on that. But anyway, we're going to talk about the whole sideline reporting in a moment. But let's go to the phones. We have uh, Sam in Rhode Island on the Patriots. What's up, Sam? Hey, how you doing? First-time caller, long-time listener. Love it. Um, I think everybody's kind of missing the obvious point when it comes to Bill Belichick. All right. He's a coach, and every coach wants to win. If it was his checkbook, he'd be writing the checks for these players. So it's got to be crap. If you look back over the, the last 20 years, they've never spent money on anybody on the offensive side of the line. Brady always made had to renegotiate his contract just to be able to bring in offensive weapons. Yeah, but, I mean, he did pay guys, like, eventually. He would force to it. Like, he paid uh, Joe Tooney and Shaq Mason a lot of money. He ended up paying, uh, you know, I, I think it's – he chose Jacoby Myers uh, – I'm sorry, he chose Juju Smith-Schuster over Jacoby Myers for about the same amount of money. So I think there is something to Belichick also not being willing to spend big money. I don't think it's all on Kraft. Like, they've they've had that back and forth in, in the media. I don't think it really is I'm, – I'm sure Kraft deserves blame for this. But if Belichick wanted to sign some bigger name guys, I'm sure he'd be allowed to do it. Well, I, I think you're you're probably right when it comes to Jacoby Myers because I think Belichick also has an ego, and I think when players yeah. piss him off, yep, the yeah. decisions are made, you know. But I do think that that Kraft holds a lot more responsibility for this than what seems to be getting played out in the media. Well, no, I think that's probably fair, Sam. I, I think Kraft deserves a lot more blame for allowing Brady to go. I mean, that and or but two things: either letting Brady go or not getting anything for Brady. Like just the way the whole thing ended, I think Kraft definitely deserves some blame. But I don't know, like they in a weird way, like I'm sure Kraft is like every owner. Hey, I want to win as much as possible while also making as much money as possible. It goes without saying. Like that's sort of what what you're in it for. But I do think there is something about Belichick. And not wanting to spend at premium. Like, there's the old stories about when he was in Cleveland and he thought it was crazy that certain players were making more money than him. And I think there is something to build, trying to trying to find the value. Like, I think the value thing is, is, a, is a Belichick thing, not just a craft thing. 
All right, so here is the Clarissa Thompson. Uh, she won on Pardon My Take with uh, Big Cat and uh, PFT commenter. And, well, I'm sure you've seen the backlash by now. Maybe you didn't hear the interview. Maybe you didn't hear any of it. So let's just play you a little snippet of it, and then we will uh, sort of dive into the response. And uh, and also feel free to weigh in, too. Like how, do you, how do you feel about this? Is this as big a deal as people are making it out to be? Not that big a deal. How do, you, how do you feel about it? But here's Clarissa Thompson on Pardon My Take. You have to make sure that the mic flag is pointed directly at the camera. And there's a lot of red meat, too, because it's like a break in the action. So um, if you screw up anything, that's all anybody talks about for the next five minutes on Twitter. It's a big lo- – like, what's where's the upside? Like, yeah. you're only going to fail in that situation. Yeah, but- I just talked to Mike Tomlin. He says that we need to go out in the second half and compete. I and I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. Um, I would make up the report sometimes because a the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late. And I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report. So I was like, I'm just going to make this up because, Mm -hmm. first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop uh, hurting ourselves. We need to be better on third down. We need to stop turning the ball over quarterback. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and do a better job of getting off the field. Like they're not going to correct me on that. I'm like, it's fine. I'll just make up the report. It would be very funny if you were like, yeah, so I just spoke with Arthur Smith at halftime and he said, Bijan Robinson blew smoke in his face. That's why he's not getting the ball. Yeah, that would be funny if you You made up like an I would go back and do sidelines if I could make it up. So what got pulled out of that was Clarissa Thompson admits to making up sideline reports. And that was sort of like the pull quote. I think Awful Announcing had it, and that's what uh, the, the website, and that's their Twitter account put it out there. And then, I swear, Stiz, I don't know if you saw as much of this as I did, every single sideline reporter in the world, regardless of what sport they cover, retweeted it. And said how disgusted they were, said how it was, uh, they don't do that. They would never do that. How sick to death they were by it. And I was like, my God, like Clarissa Thompson could have killed somebody. Carissa. Carissa Thompson <laughs> could have killed somebody on Twitter, posted the video, and there would have been less backlash. I'm convinced of it. Yeah, what are they all, the next call Bernstein's? Like, come on, like, relax. They were so mad. And... They probably didn't listen to the whole clip. Like, she sort of starts, and so she sort of starts by saying, like, I've said this before, and I didn't get fired. So usually that's a sign where, I don't know, maybe, maybe keep it in your pocket. Maybe hang on to it. Like, maybe you realize that what you're about to say isn't the smartest thing. Also, so shows you the, uh, the pull of pardon my take. Like, enough people listen to that where, yeah, now you say it there, and it does become national headlines. But, and then she also kind of talks about, like, what kind of story she would make up. And it's like the kind of at a halftime thing and, and whatever else. But, man, people were so fired up about it. They were so upset. They were so disappointed. They think that it's ruining, uh, you know, sideline reporting. They think it's ruining uh, sports media jobs for women. Like, they, people were really, really, really upset with this. And, I don't know, I have a lot of different thoughts on it. Um, one would be, like, I love sports. I've always loved sports. I am uh, like lucky enough to have it be my living, or at least it has been. Um, it's still entertainment. Like it's it's supposed to be fun. Like it's games. Like these are these are people playing games. That's what it. It's what it is. And like the the kind of responses that you heard, like you're just taking it so seriously. Like like they're in like the medical field. It's like you're not. It's in sports. 
And I want there to be sideline reporters. I want there to be as many sports jobs as humanly possible. Like, I don't want less jobs, so I don't want them to get rid of the sideline reporter. But I also think that some of the coaches have made sideline reporting a little less important because we watch every Patriots game, and if you watch the NBA for years and you watch a lot of Spurs games, Bill Belichick, Greg Popovich, two best coaches in their respective sports over the last 25 years. You ever watch the sideline report with them? Did you get a whole lot? Did you get a whole lot of intel from those guys? Popovich does some where I think he might say, if there's three questions, he'll give you three words. So it's not like you can have the world's greatest sideline reporter, but sometimes the coaches and the players like don't give you anything. So what are you really going to get out of that? And I think because then there's a big backlash too, like on the other side. So there was plenty of people in sports media that were losing their minds at Thompson. We'll call her Thompson because I screw up the first name every time. But then you also had a lot of other people being like, ah, oh, who cares at all? And like, you know, none of it matters. I'm like, I don't know. Like if it adds to the broadcast, I say, great. I say, great, let's do it. Add to the broadcast. Maybe you'll get a nugget here and there from somebody. But sometimes, like, (laughs) you can only get as much as the player or the coach is willing to give. And if Bill Belichick, if you're interviewing Bill Belichick at halftime of the game, and he kind of snorts into the microphone and says, we got to be better on third down, like, like sort of what they were joking about. Like, well, I don't know. You can only get so much. And I also, I didn't take it as... Oh, she says this, so they must all do this, and nobody works hard. Nobody at all works hard to get where they are. Like, you should have pride in the job that you have and do the best job that you can do, but everybody, like, took it as, like, uh, uh, an assault on their character that, like, oh, I'm not just on the sideline, you know, because I'm I'm good-looking. It's like, okay, fine. But, man, she, and I guess she, I think she's come out and apologized because now she does, what, the desk, I think, on Thursday Night Football. So she's not even on the sideline anymore. But she gets paid a ton of money to still be in, in sports broadcasting. But, yeah, people were all all kinds of fired up at her. I don't know. I hate when people make, like, a mountain out of a molehill like that. Dude, and that's what it was. It really felt like on, on Twitter, like, even if you had a point and even if you were disappointed in what she said and you're like, all right, this is what I do for a job and this is not how I would do it, it really, it just turned into, like, a one-upsmanship and it was like, all right, how many likes can I get on this bad boy? How many reposts and how many, like, people will look at me and be like, yeah, I, I, it was bizarre. It was just, like, one after the other. And I feel like that's, like, kind of like some inside baseball stuff. Like, I'm sure in radio, television, all types of uh, entertainment you know, formats. There's little things like that that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like oh, the, yeah. Like the jam scam in radio or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, and like like her example that she used, but that doesn't get pulled into like the headline. Like, oh, I made up reports. Like that's what everybody said. Like, I make up reports. And then everybody was like, it was pretty funny last night when like people were doing the fake Thompson reports, being like, Joe Burrow says he's fine. He'll be back out there. Now that's like, funny. Like, yeah, that stuff that's was funny. funny. But... She was literally talking about, oh, like, I couldn't catch up to the coach in time, but they still wanted to go to me, and I was like, oh, he said this. Because I feel like if you really made, like, your career doing this, like, say you started out as a, as a young reporter doing for, like, a college team, and you routinely made up stories, like, it would get back. All of a sudden, like, a coach would be like, hey, you said this at halftime? And you'd be like, no, I didn't. Yeah, exactly. It's nothing egregious. Right. That would get snuffed out so quick, I feel like, if you started really, like, telling crazy stories. Because let's be honest, it's mostly cliche stuff. Exactly. Every once in a while, you get a nice little gem, a nice little nugget in there. But it's a lot of cliche stuff. Like, I, you know, watching a lot of college football on Saturdays, you see a million different coaches do the quick little walk-off interview. 
pretty sure they all want to be better on third down. They all want to stop the run. I think you know turnovers is huge. They'll talk about turnovers. Like it's exactly. a lot. It's a lot of the same stuff. But I don't know. People were uh, people were pretty fired up about it. Uh, oh, let's go to a Brandon in Boston. Uh-oh. We might hear from Brandon Uh-oh. in Boston coming up as well. Brandon, what do you have, sir? Hey, what's going on, guys? So much. we uh, know what Matt Jones is. Um, yes, this guy is is a project, but shouldn't be a project anymore, man. He should just be thrown in a dumpster. Um, I think that Zappy should have a real shot. There's seven games left. Um, we really don't know what Zappy is. I think we should have a real evaluation on Zappy. Um, I, I know that Zappy has beaten um, the Lions. They was a hot offense last year. He beat them at Cleveland. He's beaten them as well. He has some wins on his belt. I think he's like four uh, out of nine. Um, I think the rest of the game should go his way. And that way, because Mac Jones is done. I mean, you bench him way too many times. To just have him start again is just, you're, now you're looking foolish now. Let's have another guy up so we can have a real evaluation out of the seven games to see, all right, maybe we can have Zappy here for, for back. Or maybe we can trade Zappy because he hates it here and he, he needs a, a chance to extend his career because, it seems like they always throw Zappy um, in the worst game presence where there's no chance of winning, but Zappy is out there looking foolish when there's no way of winning. And, it's, and I hate when they throw him out there because it's like he's there at the worst time when there's no way of winning. Let's see a full game of Zappy through these whole seven, sit Mac down, and let's go from there. All right, Brandon, listen, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. I sort of, I, I would say Will Greer just because he's even more of an unknown. But, you know, I don't see practice. I don't know if Will Greer is a mess. I don't know how that's going. I just, I don't think they're going to go with Zappy because it doesn't feel like they like him at all. But you have a, a well thought of a reason for it. You know, Mac Jones has been benched so many times. Bailey Zappy last year uh, started two games, won both games. You know, like he was, he and then he even got tossed into that Green Bay game, remember, because Hoyer got hurt and looked pretty good. He looked, or he looked fine. Like he kind of fit in. You're like, oh, really, this guy? And then this year, he's only played in the three games Mac got benched. So two 30 point blowouts and then the two minute drill in Germany. So he's played in a total of seven games. He's two and zero. Oh. Sure, I I don't I don't mind seeing him. See what he's got. Maybe you, you want to keep him as a backup next year. Maybe somehow, some way, he has trade value if he like really lights it up. But yeah, I, I'm with Brandon on that. Like I think, uh, I don't think Mac Jones is uh, is it. I don't think he has it, uh, and I think he's in. I think he's in a lot of trouble. So you might as well see somebody else. All right, we'll get to our week in review coming up next. But right now, here is Stiz with what's trending. Your home of the Sox. Now here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now, Celtics on the road tonight in Toronto for their second in-season tournament game against the Raptors. Tip-off in about 20 minutes at 7.30. Kristaps Porzingis was questionable. However, the Celtics announced the team has a clean bill of health, and Porzingis will be out there along with Jalen Brown, Al Horford, and the rest of them. The Celtics won their last five games against the Raptors. They're number one in the East right now. Bruins have the night off tonight. They're back on the ice tomorrow night when they'll host the Montreal Canadiens at the TD Garden. Puck drop at 7 p.m. Thursday night football last night as the Ravens beat the Bengals 34-20. 
Bad news for Cincinnati as quarterback Joe Burrow's season has come to an end after he suffered a torn ligament in his right wrist during the second quarter of the game. It's looking like Burrow will need surgery on that wrist. And it was a close one up until late in the fourth quarter for BC, but unfortunately they lost to the Pittsburgh Panthers 24-16 last night. BC now 6-5 on the season. Their next game is on Friday. Next Friday when they'll host the Miami Hurricanes at Alumni Stadium. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Rich Key Show coming up. Remember, you can listen to WEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. It's certainly been a week. Every night, and you so need Brandon, to have a Brandon, bench Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Here's some of the best. Well, we he squashed made. her letterbox before lying. Sounds dirty. Hey, how dare you? You can't say that. He can squashed her letterbox. And worst moments. Your former host at Big Mush. It's the Rich Keith Show's Week in Review. All right, there we go. What a start. This job Stiz putting that together. It's time for our... Week in review here on the Rich Keefe Show, and uh, what a week it's been. Really, all of them are. But uh, let's start with, it was coming off of the heels of the Germany game. Patriots lose to the Colts, but we were talking about some of the, uh, one of the interviews that Robert Kraft did with Rich Eisen prior to the game on the NFL Network, and really, he was just hyping up the importance of the game in Germany. Like comparing an international game week ten to a Super Bowl is wild to me. That is your Super Bowl when you're in the when you were I guess, at the bottom suck. of the fish tank. But I, I I think it's such a slap in the face to the American fan. I get what the owners are doing. I'm not dumb. Like they're trying to make more money. He even said it earlier. Like they've kind of maxed out uh, the U.S. market, so they're trying to make more money. That's what all businessmen. That's what all people, for the most part, try to do. But to be like, oh, some guy had a random memory from 30 years ago. Like, are you <laughs> suggesting that there aren't kids that go to one Patriot game a year or one Patriot game over the uh, span of 10 years. And maybe, guess what? I don't know. Call me crazy. They also have a memory of it. Like, just because, oh, the guy's from Frankfurt, it means more than if he was from, like, Walpole or if he was from Medford. Like, that kid's also going to a game for the first time. That kid's also going to enjoy, you know, an NFL stadium for the first time. But they don't care about any of that. They feel like they already got your money. They already got all this. So they got to play in Germany. But. For Robert Kraft to speak to the team on Friday and then hype up this game like it like it matters that much is kind of crazy to me. And there's no way that any of the players are like, oh, hell yeah, this is this game means more than, I don't know, my first game ever or an AFC divisional game or an AFC conference game. Like, yep, I can think of the Super Bowl in this playing in Frankfurt, a long ass flight. I got to go over there and I, I don't see how the players relate to that at all because I know as a fan, I don't. That was me and Fitzy on uh, Monday. Nope. 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 <laughs> I just, I think it's a me problem. Like, they've been uh, playing international games for a really long time, and I just don't like it. Like, I don't like it. I don't like when they when they play in England or, like, regular season games. Like, I don't, I don't care for it. I know other sports have done it as well, and, you know, it used to be, like, a preseason thing, and now they all kind of have these, like, international games, and you're trying to grow the, the sport, I, I suppose, but. Yeah, what don't you like about it? So, I don't like the like taking a home game away, especially in football. Like the other sports, you do have so many home games, so it's like, all right, I guess you don't need to have, uh, you know, eighty-one baseball games at home or or forty-one basketball hockey games at home. But you're taking a home game away and you're 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 bringing it overseas. 
there's always been this uh, like rumor that eventually they're going to move a franchise there. Ooh. And so I'm like, if that's sort of what this is just a build up to, I hate it. There was even the report that they put the Super Bowl over there. That would be atrocious. That stink. And what time are you going to play the game at? Uh, yeah, exactly. Like 930 in the morning here? I mean, I can't get drunk at nine thirty in the morning. <laughs> I mean, I could. But, <laughs> you're right. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Like, I don't like when when other teams, like soccer, like the biggest soccer leagues are in what Spain, Germany, England. They'll play like friendlies and stuff over here. I believe. I don't think they come over and just like play straight up games. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't care for it. And all they've done is added to it. Like, there's been a million of these these games over there. All right, speaking of international, we also talked this week about a uh, Paul Pierce tweet where uh, he was saying some nice things about one Jason Tatum. Paul Pierce on Twitter said he's the best American player in the world. Or actually, just the best American player, I guess is what he said. (laughs) I added the world part uh, just for effect, and that really doesn't make any sense. He's the best American player. Okay. I would say, yeah, I mean, you got to go, is he better than Curry at this point? Probably. I Probably. Mean, that's not really fair. Though. Durant, LeBron, like those guys are a little bit mm-hmm. older. They're aging out. That's what I'm saying. So Tatum. Yeah. I mean. Oh, you don't like that? No, it's fine. All right. But that's all I hear is how good he is. People He's are very, very hesitant good. to He's talk good. about his warts, to talk about his mistakes. So uh, he said. Jalen Brown. Oh, no, he did. No, I'm sorry. He did say in the world. So I was actually, I was right. So he, he tweeted during the game yesterday, Tatum is the best American basketball player in the world. So I, uh. I agree, as I said there. That was Andy Hart uh, earlier in the week. And it's funny, Hart loves Jalen Brown so much that he gets mad when people compliment Jason Tatum. 100%. That's what that turns into. He's like, well, nobody nobody calls him out. It's like, well, what are, you, what are you doing right now? Is he just saying he's the best American out there? Which he probably is. I mean, I guess you like some of the older guys, like Curry, LeBron, Durant, I think I think uh, Curry, there's probably an argument for, like he's still playing really well. But I would say Tatum's passed the other two guys by. But, yeah, it's pretty pretty good. Uh, then we went, uh, man, this is like an all-international uh, week in review because we went to uh, Tasmania for a story about a uh, a giant seal that had sort of like just shows up in the, in the old neighborhood and causes causes chaos. Squashed her letterbox before line. Yeah, the Wait, letterbox. What? That'd be a mailbox. A letterbox? Yeah, well, they get letters. It's true. So a letterbox actually might make more sense than a mailbox. The letterbox. Or we he get squashed mad. her letterbox before lying next dirty. To- hey, how dare you? We can't say that, he can squashed her letterbox. <laughs> First thing I thought. You can't <laughs> say that. okay. That's unreal. What were the laws in Tasmania? Orlovsky, did you hear about this lady getting her letterbox squashed? I just, I have heard that. I've heard <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, that kind of caught us all by it. He squashed her letterbox before lying next to the car, which meant Amber was unable to get to work. I forgot about that Orlovsky cut in there, too. Oh, I love that. That was drop. a blast. Yeah. Holy smokes. When Orlovsky drop. basically said uh, where he like he knew where Bill was going, but then he was like, I've said too much. And then just like tripped all over himself. I'm going to use the giant seal blocking me in on Ken next week. <laughs> yeah, see see how goes. it goes. Sorry, uh, seal washed ashores, standing behind my car. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, this was crazy. The video of it and everything. Like, it was just legit. A big old seal. What was like, his? What, didn't he have a name? Yeah. Rick? No, Neil. Neil. That's right. Yeah, Neil the seal. Neil the seal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just like just jumping about. Then he just like took a snooze like right next to this lady's car. Like she legit couldn't move the car. Like it was pretty good. 
All right, so this next one's from Brandon. Now, Brandon's a frequent caller here on the Rich Keefe Show, and uh, this one was a guy I honestly didn't know what he was talking about at first. Yeah. So it takes a little while, but eventually it, it might even be a good point. Might. I mean, it's up to you to decide, but it took. It, we went around the block a little bit, but we eventually got to where we needed to. Brandon, what do you got? Hey, guys, since take my phone no call. So, you know, I got a bone to pick because, you know, everybody's always – uh, promoting Drake May or Caleb Williams, and people are forgetting about Jaden Daniels, who is ranked number one from LSU. Um, we're talking about a guy with 30 touchdowns, right? What do you mean ranked number one? What do you mean? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, hey, what do you mean ranked number what one? What do you mean ranked number one? He, right now, he's ranked number one in whole college football right now. By, by who? I'm not lying to you. Are you talking about like NFL but, um, draft Daniels, prospects, or what are you talking about? Yardage? I'm saying that he's he's number one in football right now in college. In, in what? what? What are you talking about, number one? Like, I'm not sure how official any of these rankings are. What do you mean he's number are one you in talking about right number one, He's the face right now. Of, look it up. Look, when you Where look do up, I look I it up? I don't know what that means, Brandon. I'm going to be honest to you, man. I don't know what you're talking about. He's a good player who puts up great numbers. He had 600 yards. We know that, but w- this ranking you have, who's number yeah. two on this list? So, like, yeah. Who's number two, Brandon, on this Hello. list? Who's number two? I would have to look. Um, he's number one. Let me see. Number two so, is no, um, no, 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 no. J.J. McCarthy. No. J.J. McCarthy. No. And then Bo Nix is, is number three. Are you talking like um, Heisman candidates? Are you talking number one overall pick? Or are you just like, what What are we even saying? Well, Num- I'm just it's going by passing efficiency. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. There you go. He's the number. He's the most okay, efficient so passer. Now, okay. I mean, we're talk- so what? You so, want him? Is it Daniels. Okay. You want Jaden Daniels. So we're talking about a guy that has athleticism like um, Lamar Jackson and can throw like Andrew Luck. If you want to go get a QB, I'm talking about the Patriots, you go get a guy like Jaden Daniels. All right, you want Jaden Daniels. To be your franchise QB and you build around a guy like that. That's all you had to say. You like Jaden Daniels. Why are you angry with him? Did did you know what the hell he was talking about? No, I didn't. He's the the number one in football? Yeah, I didn't. What is that? You don't yell at him. He didn't. He he failed to give anything. us. But that's not anything. It wasn't. It wasn't like he's the number one prospect. He because he started by saying, "I got a bone to pick with you." I'm like, "All right, what is it?" You guys aren't talking about the number one player in football, right? Based on what? He's not the Heisman favorite. <clears throat> he's not the favorite to be the number one pick or the number two pick. He's good. He's obviously the most efficient. Or actually, I shouldn't even say obviously. So according uh, to Brandon, he's the most efficient. Just- Wow, we got there though. We got there. <laughs> Listening back to it, I can't. I, he said number one like m- multiple times. I love Brandon. It's good. I, know, I like Brandon too. He's welcome on the show any any single time. He, he comes with facts. Now sometimes the facts aren't crystal clear. We gotta get to him, but he does his research. I encourage anybody, anybody who calls in, make sure you have some good facts. Have, like look up some stats if you need it. Yeah, they call Brandon the stats guy on the Twitch chat. Is that what they call him, yeah, stats yeah, guy? Yeah. Also, uh, box Rich, score Brandon. I yeah, see. box score Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, uh, Rich Keith Show, number one. Number one. Number one in radio. Number one, what? Yep. Yep, exactly. Yep. Just move on to the next, <laughs> just like, just storm right past it. Number one. Number one with a bullet. Uh, big Would You Rather Wednesday question that we had with, uh, with Fitzy. Finally, Fitzy on a Would You Rather Wednesday. Uh-huh. Would you rather the Celtics win the in season tournament or. Be given five dollars. Oh, I'll take a crisp Lincoln. 
Five bucks. I mean, you can get yourself like a jumbo iced coffee. You can get all oh, kinds yeah. of five bucks. Oh, there. Sometimes you can go to a There's good uh, packaged yeah. goods store. Yeah, and they'll have like a nice four pack of craft beers that like maybe someone just vultured or broke up and they're selling singles. Five dollars will get you a very good beer. Yeah, and college now the Two prices have of changed. Pie maybe at a good local pizzeria. Oh, in college, you could get twelve Paps Blue Ribbons for five dollars. To which I would always say they don't <laughs> they don't give away a blue ribbon to a second place beer like that is clearly the best beer and so we would always bet like we would have they would be like I bet you twelve PBRs that you can't do this knowing that you're only out five bucks and I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I'm not above you know we always talk about drinking the crafties and the expensive yeah. double dry hop yeah. this and that like mm-hmm. give five bucks I could probably still get you. Eight to twelve, like Genesee cream ale. <laughs> I am, and I am not above. I'm a cream ale fan, and I'm proud cream. of it. Sure, Why and not? that five dollars could help buy or be a part of an NBA T-shirt or hat. What Joe, again? The whole is Jesus, yours. Winning it, Joe. You, what, you use that five dollars, it helps you buy Stop. an NBA championship Joe, hat right, or Stop. T-shirt. Knock it off, Joe. <laughs> Knock it off. Can somebody please? Buy? I know we have to take a break. As they yeah, say thank in the God. We're up against it. We're but, way we're but, way up against it. All right, good. In the next break, could somebody and maybe it won't be Joe because he's just been sent back to his no, home. Could Joe. somebody please explain to me what how someone wins the in season tournament? Uh, we, listen, I know it's a full tank program, but I don't have enough time. <laughs> I don't. I maybe we'll I, pick it up off the air. Yeah, I feel so old. I would need a Gary Myers like tweet in order to explain <laughs> it. Just like on and on and on and on. Yeah, that is it's what's well, apropos is uh that was Wednesday night with Fitzy, but the in season tournament rolls on. We got in season tournament play uh two nights. Celtics and uh Raptors. Every game on the slate tonight is uh in season tournament, so you can see those crazy courts, which people are pretty uh passionately hating this year. <laughs> yeah. People do not like the courts. People don't care for the courts at all. Yeah, that was uh uh Joe Braverman was in for Stiz that night and uh he he does a good job. I like Joe quite a bit. Yeah. I don't really know what he was saying there either. He didn't make a ton of sense oh, because yeah. the premise was, would you rather your team win the in-season tournament or be given $5? And he said you could get take the $5 and use it to buy merch from them winning? Like, Put it towards a hat. <laughs> I was like, no, because they in this scenario, they didn't win the tournament, so there would be no hat. You can, you can always put $5 towards anything, like come up with anything. Maybe you could buy like the brim of the hat. Maybe you could buy some of the hat. Some of the hat. But I know. But my point is, there's no in-season tournament victory hat if they don't win the in-season yes, tournament. Very true. So that was that was what I got hung up on. Uh, it's never too early to talk NFL mock drafts when your team is one of the worst in football. That is the situation for the Patriots. So uh, on the air the other night, Fitzy was digging up a couple of uh, mock drafts. Get in and there. Of course, I know you love you. Some Walter football, one of the oh, top Walter. NFL kills it, right? What a I don't great last. What a great last name! If I was gonna nitpick just a little, if you allow me to, I don't love the layout necessarily of his site. It seems it's, a little old it school. Antiquated, it's a little old school. It's like the first website is what it feels like. Yeah, but yeah, no, but there's a lot of good intel though on Walter football. Okay, yeah, you ready? Okay, right. Walter football. Yeah, just published by Walt himself, the man behind Walter football. Good God, bless him. God. <laughs> 21 hours ago. Yeah. His latest 2024 NFL mock draft. He mocked it up today. Mocked it up. Here we go. You ready? Yeah, of course I am. First overall, Chicago Bears select Caleb Williams, quarterback, University of Southern California. 
All right. Number two. So that means Justin Fields would then be traded. We, so That's right. Look, it's circle back to that in a moment, but yeah, keep going. Yeah. Pick number two, the New York Giants select Drake May. Wow. Quarterback, North Carolina. What are they going to do with Dan Jones? Danny Dimes. Uh, that guy blows, and he's always blowed, and I don't know what you're going to do with him it's now. It's a $40 million oh, yeah. a year quarterback. Oh, yeah. $40 million bucks for Daniel Jones. Here we go. You ready for this? Patriots picking three, right? They're on the clock the right third now? Pi- the Patriots are on the clock. They trade down? It's in. <laughs> they traded it. The third pick overall in the 2024 NFL Draft, the New England Patriots, according to Walter Football Select. Come on. J.J. McCarthy. No! Quarterback, no! Michigan. I don't like it! I don't like it. It's too high. It's too high. high. I don't like McCarthy. Now, I'll watch, like, coming up was a couple of weeks, Michigan, Ohio State. So I'll I'll definitely watch all that game. What is he? I've only seen, like, bits and pieces of Michigan, but he doesn't really jump off the the old television set for me. I think he's got athletic ability, arm strength. He can run. He's got thin arms, doesn't he? He's pretty built. Thin arms. I think he's he's got. Am I sure about that? that, That's why. I think he maybe could use a little spinach, but. uh... (laughs) So then it was funny. So then Fitzy looked up another one. I think it was from Sports Illustrated, and they also had the Patriots taking JJ McCarthy. So who knows? I guess Uh something to keep your eyes peeled for. Uh, Text question uh, from the five hundred eight. Answer this, please. Do in-season tournament games count in the regular standings? Yes, they do. Until the very end, and I think it's the semifinals and the finals don't count. But like tonight's game counts towards the NBA's in-season tournament pool play, and it's also a regular season game. So like you'll see the standings change accordingly. All the stats count the same and everything like that. And then at the very end, they'll play out in Las Vegas. They'll do a neutral site thing, and uh, the team, like the players, make real money. Now, not real money to some of the guys, but real money to everybody else. It's like half a million bucks if wow. you win. Yeah, I mean. Jalen Brown next year is going to make like $60 million. So yeah. he doesn't really care about that. But for the most part, yeah, these guys make uh, real deal money. So they do this this month. It's, I want to say Tuesdays and Fridays. Don't quote me on that. Well, tonight's Friday. So I guess at least Fridays are the in-season tournament games. So I guess soccer does stuff like this and they're trying to get more interest or because one of the things they hate, like talking about the league is load management. They can't stand it when star players don't play on, you know, big time, like, especially on a primetime night. They really try to make it so, like, do not rest your guys when all eyeballs are on it. But, I mean, there's still going to be kind of workarounds. I don't I don't think teams are going to put a, like put aside what their plans were for the regular season and what they're hoping to do and win a real title in order to, like, go for the NBA Cup, which is what they're calling it. Yeah, the court. Do you like the courts, Diz? People really, like, they do not like the courts. Uh, yeah, it's it, to me, it feels like an eyesore. It really does. I agree with that. Especially there are certain nights where certain uniforms like blend into like, and, and they're all the same. Like all they do is tweak the color, and I guess that's the point. But I think it would be better if you'd allowed each team to be like, "Hey, go kind of crazy, like do something that you don't normally do. Maybe something a little bit more city themed or yeah. something along those yeah. lines." But they're like, "No, we want to take like just." Three big stripes right down the, the court. We're going to put the stupid cup in the middle. Yeah, because yeah, I'm watching from back here, you know, the TV in your studio, and yeah. it's kind of hard to to know exactly mm-hmm. what's going on. Can't even really see, like, the the Raptors that well. But anyway, they have bad eyes. It's possible. Uh, you can join our program, 617-779-7937. That was our, uh, our week in review. 
Uh, we have this week in hashtag dork coming up at 8, grab bag at 8.20. But next, uh, some baseball news out there and some uh, an important update on Yamamoto, the uh, highly sought-after Japanese starting pitcher. So we'll get to that coming up next here on the Rich Keefe Show, WEI. If you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show. Hope everybody's having a nice Friday night out there. And uh, I was going to talk Red Sox. And baseball here anyway. And then uh, just a couple of minutes ago, Alex Spear of the Boston Globe just tweeted out, the Red Sox are trading Luis Urias to the Mariners per source. Which is kind of interesting because it was the only trade deadline deal that Heim Bloom made. He didn't do anything. Remember, he didn't do anything. And then I always had to correct myself and say, well, he did, he did add Luis Urias. And then... Day one on the job, Craig Breslow's like, get out of here. I don't want this guy. He's linked to Heim Bloom. See you later. No uh, word on what the return is or anything like that. But Luis Urias is gone. You figured he might factor in a little bit to uh, second base or just, you know, some of their infield plans. But uh, he is on his way to the Mariners. But the main thing I wanted to talk about is... Yamamoto, the stud Japanese pitcher, is only 25 years old. Feels like every time you're reading about him, he's throwing another no-hitter. Like, the guy is absolutely insane. He's going to be sought after, uh, and then some. they got to do the whole posting fee and all that. Well, the report today from Buster Olney is uh, he is expected to be posted, I believe is the correct uh, wordage, on Monday. And then starting on Tuesday, negotiations can begin and they have 45 days to get a deal done. So by my math, that would be roughly first week of January. I think right around the first week of January, we should have an answer on where Yamamoto is going to go. And keeping up with some of these different betting sites that have these future odds, right now the Red Sox are currently tied for third best odds to get them with, with the Yankees. Uh, the New York Mets are the favorite, and then the Dodgers are second. You know, for a lot of these big price free agents, you get a lot of those same teams sort of at the top. Uh, although it is a different list at the top for, uh, let's see, was it Shohei Otani, I believe? Yeah, that, for Otani, it's actually Dodgers, Cubs, Giants, Mets, Red Sox. So for whatever reason, like whatever they're hearing, whatever they're speculating on, these are the the future odds. They did have a few updates, though, and I was interested to see that Jordan Montgomery who got traded from the Cardinals to the Rangers and pitched really well for the Rangers. He is a free agent, and the Red Sox are the favorite to land him. So I would take that. I mean, they they need as much pitching as they could possibly get. Uh, Aaron Nola of the Phillies is another guy. Their Red Sox are second on that. Uh, The Cardinals, I guess, are the favorite to land Nola, then the Sox. And then uh, Blake Snell, who just won the NL Cy Young Award for the Padres. Red Sox are third on that list. It goes Phillies, Dodgers, Red Sox. So the, the reason I even bring all that up, it's not like they just pick the same three teams every time. Like there is some method to the madness on these future bets and uh, some movement. And I think everybody feels like the Red Sox have to do something. Like they absolutely have to do something. 
and John Henry is going to allow Craig Breslow in his first offseason to spend some money and to maybe make some trades. But I just wonder, is Otani going to be so expensive that they're scared away from it? They're like, hey, yeah, we're willing to give you, you know, $200 million, which is a big contract, but we're not going to be up in the $500 million. And are some of these teams just going to go too crazy for him? Like, are the, are the Cubs just going to say, nope, we're just going to, whatever you want, like blank check for Otani, Yamamoto, I mean, he's going to be the guy in all likelihood that's going to be a dominant starting pitcher for a lot longer than Otani. But with Otani, you get just like, you get the unicorn, and hopefully in 2025, he's doing pitching and hitting again. And even next year when he's not pitching, he's still capable of hitting 40 home runs, hitting 300, and being you know, in the middle of your lineup. So I am I'm cautiously optimistic about the Red Sox offseason. Me and Hart got into an argument earlier in the week because Hart's like convinced they're getting one of these guys. I named like five or six of the top free agents or a couple of like trade prospects. And he's like, yeah, yeah, they're definitely going to get one. Like, I just don't know how you can be so sure. Like there are so many other teams like the Mets who had a disappointing season last year or the Dodgers who were really good up until they weren't right. Like they were good in the regular season and then they then they didn't go nearly as far as they wanted to. Like, they're going to spend money again. The Yankees are coming off of, of a bad year. And then there's always teams like the Cubs or the Rangers or the Phillies that are also going to spend big money. So I don't know. And then with Otani, you hear stuff about the West Coast and if he wants to stay there. I don't know if that would also be true with Yamamoto or not. Uh, I mean, although the Red Sox were able to get Daisuke Matsuzaka all those years ago, they, they hit the posting fee. They did everything they could kind of mixed results overall. I don't know if they if they feel bad about that one or not. Didn't live up to the high hopes, but he wasn't a complete bust by any means either. They just got Masataka Yoshida last year. You know, he could possibly be a, a, a recruiting tool a little bit. But, yeah, there's a lot of names out there. Like, the, the free agent class and the pitching is going to go. It's going to be so expensive because everybody needs pitching. You even would look at the good teams this year and you'd say, like, that guy's their number three starter. So Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, uh, Jordan Montgomery are all guys I named. And then who else? Sonny Gray, Otani, Yamamoto, Tyler Glasnow also, if he can stay healthy. Uh, it's funny. The Red Sox are way down on that list. So whatever they know, they know that like Glasnow's not going to the Soxers. They don't think he is. And yet the Red Sox are kind of contenders on everybody else. So I'm definitely hopeful that they get a couple of these guys, even one. I mean, let's start with one, right? But. Even just one, they're they're they were dead last. Like they, they're they're a ways away. The pitching staff only has, or the pitching the starting rotation only has a guy or two that you'd really want coming back anyway. The bullpen's pretty good. Like the bullpen's actually not bad, and especially if they move some of those you know back end starters into the bullpen, they could be okay there. But they definitely need a couple of guys ahead of Bayo. All right, if you want to weigh in on the Red Sox, you can. We're also talking plenty of Patriots here tonight, 617-779-7937. If you miss any of the program, you can always subscribe and download the Rich Keefe Show podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Coming up next, we'll do a little uh, This Week in Hashtag Dork, a little uh, movies and TV, all stuff we talk about on the Dork podcast. We'll uh, kick around some of that coming up next here on WEEI.